awkwardly, you know, and I said, no, I have no idea what I'm even preaching yet. I have to look at the bulletin. They didn't believe me. They didn't believe me. Whoa, I, I need to pray. I need to ask God to just be a part of this moment and uh, strengthen me. Lord, um, I need you right now. We need you always. But God, I just ask your presence and your spirit to uh, empower me to communicate your word. Paul did such an incredible job writing these this prayer down, and I just don't want to be in the way of it. I w- and we need to hear it. We need strength, and that's what Paul's praying for. I pray that by the end of this service, that each and every one of us would pray ourselves strength, pray for strength for those near and dear to us, and pray for strength for this community, Lord, and understand what it is we're asking for. May that happen this morning, God. That's my prayer in your name. Amen. Well, our nation certainly, as a whole, has had a week. Our community's had a week. Um, you, you think in terms of the collection we took up for the Salvation Army a couple weeks ago, it's just unthinkable, the hurricanes and the, and the fires that are still, we're still recovering from, and then Puerto Rico gets hit again this week by another large hurricane, and um, it's overwhelming. And then, of course, the stories of, of Mexico, uh, the 7.1 or 7.2 um, earthquake that hit so near to Mexico City, people um, trapped and, and having to get those people out. And then so close to home is the shooting that took place here at our high school. And, and we're praising the Lord at this point. We, we really have a lot to praise Him for, praise the Lord for that. The lady and, and, and her saving many students, uh, we believe, and... Uh, that, that it wasn't worse, and that the response was so good uh, from the school, from the police, from the community. It's just a lot to be thankful for. But I will tell you, we, as clergy, you, you respond. You, you go out and you, you take care of others. Uh, many of you have that same mindset in terms of first responders, in terms of parents. You don't stop to think about, like, how is this affecting me? How, what am I, where am I at emotionally right now? You do what you need to do. You need to take care of others, and you go out and you do that. And sometimes it's days later, and and I had that moment this week where I kind of sat and I was like, what am I even feeling right now about all this? Like, I don't even, like, what am I, like, I felt like I had to stop long enough. I'm talking to others about how they're feeling. I had no idea how I was feeling. And, And the way I could say it is I felt weak. You know, like, sometimes even physically weak, but more than that, it's, it's internally. And I don't know if I could even call it emotionally weak. I just felt like weak. I don't know what other word to use. And when I, when I, as I felt weak, and I, I think I could summarize many of the emotions and thoughts that I was hearing from others and, and the people that you know, that you're feeling weak as well. And those you love are, are possibly feeling weak. And I thought, what... I like to create in my mind, like, what does that look like? Like, how am I feeling? What does it look like? And I was thinking about a novel called Swiss Family Robinson. Now, I watched the movie first, the, the old school movie. I'm that guy. Um, but, but recalling some of the first lines of the novel of Swiss Family Robinson, the family is in a, in a wooden ship traveling from Europe, uh, headed to New Guinea, and um, they, they get into a very bad storm. And in the novel, it details how the father prays with his family, and then he heads up to the deck of the ship to see what's going on 
uh, what may he do to help or how can he best protect his family. And as he gets onto the deck of the ship, he realizes that the crew of the ship is in the lifeboats and that they are about to leave. And he can see that the ship has landed between two rocks and that the ship is wedged into those rocks and the crew is leaving. And he, um, he, he calls out to them, but of course with the storm they couldn't even hear him. And he thinks, I'm not getting my family in these ships. So he goes back into the ship, down to the hold, and he, he talks to his family, and he, and he talks about the strength of the rocks, that the ship was wedged, and that hopefully it wasn't going anywhere. It had broken, but hopefully the ship wasn't going anywhere. And they pray again to the Lord for strength, and not only strength, uh, for the ship to endure the storm, but strength for themselves to be okay with whatever God's plan was for their life. And I could kind of relate. That was kind of the picture, I think, that I felt, that I was in the middle of a storm, and, but I was wedged between two rocks, and I, I had some confidence in that strength, but I wanted to pray that that strength would endure. And, and maybe at times in, in our lives, because certainly beyond the things that everyone knows about, you as an individual face struggles where if you vision yourself in a ship, maybe you're in that storm right now and it's something that no one else knows about. Or maybe you've just been sailing too long. The ship's getting tired. You, you, you want to just reach a port somewhere and find some rest and regain strength and maybe do some repairs. Perhaps uh, you just feel like maybe too many people are on board your boat. And it's just getting, it's a little too full. And you're not sure your ship's going to hold up. Regardless of it, I think I could relate well, and I hope you can relate well to this needing strength. A prayer for strength. Well, in our series on Ephesians, we've actually reached a point, and I believe this is just God's planning, where Paul is going to pray for strength. And, and I'm going to open up by sharing with you this prayer because I feel it's encouraging. And I can tell you, we're going to end with this prayer. We're going to end with an invitation for you and for me to pray this prayer for ourselves, for each other in the congregation, for our community as a whole. That's where we're headed this morning. But in Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 16, we read this prayer. Here's the one thing in this entire prayer that Paul is asking for. It says, and, if, and this, is, this is page 828. If you're here and you want to use the Pew Bible, go right ahead and use that. You're welcome to use any copy of the Scripture that you have, printed or electronic. Uh, just would love for you to engage in God's Word this morning. But Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, I pray that out of His, being God's glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power. Isn't that what we want? That's, that's what I knew I wanted this week. God, I want to be strengthened with your power. And Paul's praying for this. Now, we're going to study you know, everything around it this morning so we can clearly understand what that verse means. So that when it comes to praying this for ourselves, for our congregation, for our community, we know exactly what we're praying for. At the beginning of last week, I said chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul starts off by saying, saying these words. He says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and he pauses. 
And he goes down what we could kind of call a rabbit trail from verse 2 through verse 13. And we talked about that last week. Verse 14, he comes back to what he's wanting to talk about. He said, for this reason, because of what I've talked about in chapters 1 and chapter 2, in verse 14 we see this. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. What is the reason? I just quick reminder for you. We've studied these passages. What, is he, what did he talk about in chapters 1 and chapter 2? He talked a lot about who we are in Christ, what does salvation look like, but he talks a lot about unity in the church. And as much as we may struggle with unity today, we can't even imagine what it must have been like for a, the church to understand that the Jews and the Gentiles were now worshiping together as one thing. For thousands of years, there was this void that existed between Jews and Gentiles. They worshipped separately. And yet, Paul's writing to them saying, it's one thing now. You need to be unified. And after he summarizes everything that he had taught them for three years in chapters 1 and chapter 2, he says, for that reason, I'm praying to the Father. I kneel before the Father. And we know from verse 16, he's going to ask for strength. Let me, let me say this to you. Um, the church was dealing with a real problem, a real struggle, a real storm. And Paul knew that they needed real strength. You know, you and I, uh, we can handle a lot of things, but sometimes something comes along and we need something that's stronger. We need something that that's going to empower us in a way that we've not had before because this is a real storm. And real problems need real strength in order to deal with them. And that's exactly what Paul's about to pray for. So if you're taking notes, uh, verse 14 and verse 15, this is looking at the source. What is the source of the strength? Verse 14, uh, we just read it. Paul is kneeling before the Father. He says, for this reason, and he basically saying real problems, they need real strength. And in verse 15, he says this. He says, this is the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. This is beautiful. Uh, verse 14 and 15, let me read them together. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. He's saying, I'm kneeling before the Father, the Father of all of mankind the father of everyone who would call upon his name. I'm, I'm talking to the model father, the perfect father. I'm talking to a father of fathers. That's who I'm, I'm kneeling before. And it's so important because too often, too often you and I, we face a real problem and we don't go to where we can get real strength. We don't go to, we try to get strength from other things. But Paul says, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the person who created and designed each and every one of you, designed this world, the one who is all-powerful, all-present, and I'm going to ask him for something right now. That's who I'm talking to. So it's important if we're going to seek out the strength that we understand the source. The source is our Father. So in verse 16, we're, we're back to this. Here's what Paul asked for. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power 
And here's the means. Here's how he does it. Through his spirit to the inner man, to, your, to what's inside of you. And at the end of verse 16, I can connect the way I felt this week in terms of weakness to how God strengthens us. I was weak in the inner man. You could say emotionally, but it was more than that. I was just weak. And that's where God's strength comes. It's through his spirit. Here's the means. It's through his spirit to the inner man. He strengthens us from the inside out. Provides this real strength to handle real problems. Well, in verses 17 through 19, we're going to look at the results. And it, it's, it's a beautiful sequence of verses because one, one commentator called it like looking through a telescope. You know, a telescope like on a ship where it slid open, and each time you slid it open, it was magnifying. You could look farther. Each verse is doing that. It's kind of building on the next verse because verse 17 starts with these words. It says, so that, meaning I'm going to pray for strength. Paul says, I'm going to pray for strength so that this would happen. Here's the results of my prayer. Here's what being strengthened in the inner man results in. In verse 17, he starts with this idea. He says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that being rooted and established in love, and he's going to go on. But he prays, and he says, here's the result. In verse 17 again, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What is he talking? He's creating a beautiful word picture. He's saying the heart is like the inner man. He says, I'm asking that he would give you power and strength so that he would just dwell inside of you. Um, I think the clearest way to maybe define dwell in, in this so we get an understanding is basically so that he would become a part of your personality. You know, what makes up Johnny? What, what, what's he like? Well, he's, he's a little like Christ. And he's more like that every day. That should be what's said of all of us, that Christ would dwell in our hearts and be, just become a part of our personality. Like, and then he goes into verse 18, and, and this gets magnified a little bit. I'm reading again from verse 17 because it, it connects right in. It says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, there's the power again, together with all the saints. And, and here, here's the second thing. To grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. He says, I want you to have the strength. I want you to have this power so that Christ may dwell in you and that you may be able to grasp or start to understand better or have a better understanding that Christ's love is unbelievably wide, unbelievably high, unbelievably deep, unbelievably long. It is it's all-encompassing. It impacts everything. Um, and what Paul's praying for, I, I want to just share with you maybe the opposite of this, is where so often uh, us or people that we know want God to be very much a part of this part of us. You know, like when I'm, I want to be loving, but I only want to be loving to this group of people. See, that's, compartmentalizing God's love. Or I, I want to be loving to my Savior, but I only really want to do it this part of the week or in this situation. 
or with this group of people. Um, Paul's saying, I want you to be strengthened so you can understand that his love is all-encompassing. It becomes a part of your personality, but there's nothing that his love doesn't touch. There's nothing that his love doesn't impact in your life. When you're at work, Christ's love is present. When you're at home, Christ's love is present. At church, Christ's love is present. At the gym, Christ's love is present. Out with friends, Christ's love is present. It's everywhere. It encompasses everything. So you can see he, he, he's saying, I, I want God's love to dwell in you. I want to be part of your personality. I want you also to be able to understand that his love is all-encompassing. It in, impacts and touches everything. And then in verse 19, he says this. He says, and to know, and let me, just, let me just talk about this word real quick, very important. Paul, so often when he says the word know, it's not what we think of. You know, K-N-O-W, we think, okay, I understand the fact. I can regurgitate the fact. If you ask me the question, I have the answer. That's no. Paul, so often when he uses the word no, he's saying, I want you to be able to relationally experience this thing. Really know. Like know in the sense that you've experienced it. And that's what Paul's talking about here. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He's like, he, he's envisioning like this cup that's being poured into, and it's just running all down the side, and it's all over the table, you know. It's just everywhere. He's saying, again, you see this telescope. He says, I want you to let, have Christ's love dwell inside of you where it becomes a part of your personality, but I also want you to understand that it's all-encompassing. And finally, he says, I want it to fill you to the point that it, you can't even stop it. It's pouring out of you to whoever you bump into. That's what God's strength and power result in. These are the results. This is what's going to happen. This is what Paul is praying for. Now, why is it that so often, though, me and maybe you, we don't ask for that power? We don't ask for that strength. We, we go through struggles every week. We need some kind of strength every week to deal with the things that we deal with. Why is it that so many times we fail to ask for this strength? We fail to pray a prayer like this, what Paul's praying for. Well, I think sometimes we, we don't know. Maybe we don't even know to ask. Certainly, we've been able, if you're present this morning, you know, you're paying attention. Now you know. You can ask for this. You can pray this verse. You can pray this prayer, God, strengthen me. Maybe we don't know. Other times, I think we just forget, and I don't know why that is. I, I mean, I've been there. I think, I think you've been there, I'm guessing. Some of you have been there because you've told me. Where you're almost so busy, it has to get really bad before you, under, you were like, why haven't I asked, you know, it's like you hit yourself over the head. Why didn't, I, why didn't I go to God like three days ago? Like, why have I kept myself up at night, and why have I been stressing, and why... I should have done this. I've done it before. Why did we just forget? For some reason, we just forget. Other times, and maybe I'm just speaking to myself. I, I'm getting a little, little nosy, a little pushy right now. We're too proud to ask. We're like, God, don't worry about it. I got this. God, I'm going to keep, I, I, I want your strength, but I want it in reserve. Because I really think that Johnny can handle this moment. You've been there. I've been there. We're a little too proud to ask for the strength 
that comes from our Heavenly Father. But I think one of the biggest things is sometimes we ask for God's strength in order to accomplish something that's not His will. Meaning, we want Him to strengthen us, but we're saying, God, give me your strength so I can do this thing you don't want me to do. It's very similar, I'm going to get a little mechanical, um, it's very similar to putting gasoline in a diesel engine. It's like, within gasoline is the strength to power an engine. The, the, the molecular structure, the way the engine is designed, it draws its power from the gasoline and the battery. It's a combination. But it needs both. A diesel engine creates power. But it's not going to create power with gasoline. I've heard, you, and you've probably heard stories too, you know, you just grab the wrong can or you grab the wrong nozzle. They do everything to make that nozzle look different. It's green. It's on a different pump. People still put it in their gas tank. It's like, you're not going anywhere. God's power is the same thing. God's power can handle real problems, but it's also only going to work according to his will. It's not going to strengthen you to do something contrary to what God wants to accomplish. And so many times we're saying, God, I want you to strengthen me so I can go do this thing over here. Uh, don't worry about what it is. Um, you know, when I crash again, I'll come back to you. God's, God's strength doesn't work that way. It works to empower you to do the things he's called you to do, which are perfect and wonderful. Well, I think we need to pray this prayer this morning. Our, our, you need it. Our congregation needs it. Our community needs it, and we're going to pray it. And I want to share with you a passage. If you're sitting here going, well, I don't know if that really works for me, or I, I may just go on and do my thing, I'll share with you 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 7. Meaningful passage for each and every one of us. It starts with this, and this is good instruction for prayer. It says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God has this wonderful way of saying, are you weak? Why don't you bring that to me and I'll give you strength. Are you anxious? Why don't you bring that to me and I'll give you peace. Do you need power? Why don't you bring that to me and I'm going to give you power. Go to him, humble yourselves before him. On the screen is going to be Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. I want to read it for you one last time. I'm going to have it on the screen because if it may be, maybe you're here and, and praying. Just maybe a new thing. Or you're, when you go and you go to prayer, it's, it's like working with a dull knife. You, know, you're, you think you're accomplishing something, but you're working really hard and you're not getting a lot done. This is one way for you to sharpen that tool of prayer is to pray what you read in, in the Word of God. Here's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church. You can pray these words. You can change the words a little bit, you know, like to, to mean something that's to you. But now you understand what it is to ask God for his strength. This wonderful prayer Ephesians 3, verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power. I want to invite you at this time 
to come forward and, and to pray with me. Or if you're uncomfortable with that, you pray in your pew. But we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you think, well, I don't need it, you can be praying for someone else because there's a lot of us that need it. I believe you need it. But take these next moments to pray for yourself, for those around you, and for this community to be strengthened with God's strength.